What's up, guys? It's Q Copeland. Welcome back to the Borderman Transmission. Today, we have a special guest. This guy's in the mix. He's telling you right now, he's killing in the real estate game, but specifically rental properties. I'm talking about multifamily homes. I'm talking about units, nine units, 25 units. He's killing it. See, if you want to know how to build generational wealth and you want to know how to exceed and excel in the real estate game, KR is the guy to go to. What's up, KR? How you doing today? I'm so excited to be on your platform. Super, super excited to be able to share my story, talk about what we do at KJ Consultant, and just talk about my journey from being homeless to being a multimillionaire. So I'm ready when you are. Well, I'd like to start off by saying a lot of people are so focused on generational wealth. It actually takes a generation in order to benefit from it. So like mm -hmm. I will buy a property, pass that down to my children, maybe 30, 40, 50 years from now, and then they're going to be wealthy. Of course, it takes time. But what I like to focus on besides generational wealth, which is like a north to south concept, mm -hmm. I said you go from west to east. And what I mean by that is like transformational wealth. So what I would do is I learned real estate. I know I want to buy property. So what I did is convince my brother to get his real estate license. So when I do a million dollar deal, he's going to get a 3% commission. That's $30,000. He and his wife were able to buy a house in the suburbs of Philadelphia and create wealth today. He works with me on another deal. He's able to gift his in-laws so that they no longer have to live in an apartment. They get to buy a duplex. All this is happening in a small window today. Transformational wealth versus being so focused on generational, which is can take a whole generation. So I said, let's start thinking a little bit differently about wealth creation. We have to transform our situations today. And so what I've done with my friends, my business partner, wasn't a millionaire prior to work with me in 2018. Now he's a multi-millionaire. So what I try to do is use my knowledge to help people get in a position to be really well off. So what you should do as a young person is sit back and say, what is my expertise? How am I going to be successful? And then think about your loved ones and your friends. Come together with a business plan. You open up an LLC. You can give them ownership. You can give them responsibility and meet them where they are versus trying to make them be who you are. So figure out what their strengths are and then leverage that. That's what I've done with my family. See, that's so interesting, right? And I know you just mentioned that coming from home, being homeless, to get into real estate. Now, I know there had to be some mindset shift. There had to be some habits. There had certain things that you had to do. So what specifically that advice you would give me in my views in terms of like, you know, because a lot of men today, they're struggling. They go through a lot. They outside, they're homeless. They don't know what their next move to be. So what advice or what gems or what play can you give us in terms of how can I move from homeless to a suit? How can I move from homeless to having multiple properties? What does that stage look like? What's that next step, that move? How do I get money? And it's just that aspect of things. I think what is so important, especially when you really realize that you want to change, is I say focus on the three Ds. One is you got to have that desire, that burning desire to change your situation. Something has to be burning inside of you to say, look, I'm tired of what I'm, the way I'm living. I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. The second thing is you got to have that determination that you're going to stick with it. You're not going to give up. You're going to keep pushing. You're so determined no matter what the world throw at you. You're going to keep coming out the corner swinging. Mm -hmm. And the third D is discipline. You have to discipline yourself to, to certain routines so that you can build on small success. 
Short-term goals have to be tied to the medium-term goals and the long-term ones. And there has to be a thread between all three of them. And that is the way that you're going to be able to go from being a normal, average cat to being an outstanding, successful person. As you first have to get the three Ds down. And then I say focus on that the three Cs, which is intellectual capital. Educate yourself, whether, whether you're being self-taught or whether you're getting a coach. Become educated in a particular area that interests you. And then after that, focus on the financial capital. Start figuring out how do I make money? How do I get access to money? And the third one is social capital. How do I use my relationships to put myself in a position to win and people I know in a position to win? So I say use the three Ds, desire, determination, and discipline, and also the three Cs intellectual capital, social capital, and financial capital. See, I like what you just mentioned. You said discipline. You know my name is Teachman. This is on Instagram. And then you said get access to money or access to capital. Now, that's the hardest thing for us today to get access to as young men. Or at least it's hard because we don't have the knowledge. So if there's somebody right now that's 16, 18, say, we, I want to say 16 because when I was 16, I was trying to get access to capital. It's not saying necessarily do real estate, but just to better myself in certain ways. So somebody who's 21 right now, they want to get into getting their first rental property. How can they get access to capital? Can they go get an LLC? Is that the best move to go get, get build business credit? What's the move they can do to get access to money or access to capital, as you just said? Well, if you're 21, say, for instance, you're 21 and you're living with your family members. What I would say is go out there and get a job that pays a decent wage. Work there for at least two years, save money. You know your parents or loved ones don't charge that much in rent. Say, don't go on these expensive vacations, save that money. What you're gonna do is have two years of tax returns. You can go to the local credit union and tell them that you wanna buy a home. So now you can get into one of these first time home buyer programs and make sure you buy the property in your personal name and get a duplex, which is a two family home, a triplex, a three family home, or a fourplex family home. Get something that's a multifamily because then you can live in one unit and rent the other ones out and you can put very little money down. Um, then I would say after that, live in there for a while, let the equity build and then borrow against that property and buy your next property. So you can take advantage of all these programs and start building wealth when you're super young. And then as you advance, then you may decide to open up an LLC, then get business credit and be able to use that to buy real estate and also to uh, renovate your properties. So there's a play I've been thinking about. So you know I do Airbnb, right? And Airbnb is a great platform. I love Airbnb. So I know you do the rental properties. You have the duplex, yeah. the triplex, what's not. Yes. Do you think it's a small play to get one of those and then take the whole thing and turn it into Airbnb? Do you think that's a beneficial move? I would say, um, what I would say is that I want you to, to focus on one or the other. So if you have an Airbnb, do you want to become an Airbnb expert? So therefore, you're 100% focused on the Airbnb space. So you actually could go about it that way if you really wanted to, where you live in one of the units and then you turn the other two into Airbnb units. But the reason why I tell some young people probably slow down on that area is because if you bought the triplex, you could put a little bit of money down and the other units... You don't have to pay for furniture. You don't have to furnish them. You don't have to worry about the laws and rules changing. Like in Atlanta, they changed the rules. Philadelphia, they changed the rules where they're charging you to be an Airbnb host. 
it's expensive and also the rules can change up on you really fast. So I say take it simple and probably get that duplex or triplex and rent it all out so you have that passive income that's coming on a regular basis. Because Airbnb, you gotta make sure that you're keeping it occupied, you're actually cleaning it, it could be a lot of turnover. So I would say balance it out where you have something that's more sleepy money and then one that's more active money. So what you're basically saying is that you rather the rental properties than the Airbnb. And we know Airbnb is a lot of money. You get like, so let's say you make $3,000 a yes, month. Yes, you can. But on the rental property, you're profiting like $400 a month. You could, yeah. So you rather that $400 instead of that well, $3,000. What I like is slow and steady in the beginning as you build up. So if you're going to be an Airbnb guy, you could be 100% focused on Airbnb. You could say, look, I don't want to do the long-term rentals. I want to do Airbnb. But I'm going to figure out a way that I can scale it. So therefore you say, all right, I have my Airbnb property. I'm gonna go get another one, four units, five units. But instead of me coming up with all the money to furnish these, I may make a pitch to some of my friends or someone else with other capital. So therefore you have a little bit more wiggle room because the Airbnb route is a lot, when you're gonna be the owner of the property and you're gonna provide the space, a lot of young people, what they're doing is they're just Airbnb operators. So they don't own the building. They're just paying the rent and then they're renting it out, making a spread. So if you're going to do that, that's a different business. But if you're talking about, do I want to buy the Airbnbs and furnish them? That could be pretty expensive for someone that's like 22. Exactly. Scale up. So since you're talking about new expenses and what's not, what is the best move you think somebody should do right now? Because we talk about Airbnb. It's expensive to get into. Um, somebody might want to get into a HA loan, um, FHA loan, right? Yeah. But their credit is bad. Well, actually, the FHA loan is set up for people that don't have perfect credit. There's some lenders that will actually let you get an FHA loan with a credit score as low as a 500, but you have to put 10% down on the property. If you have like a 580, 600, 620, 630, there are lenders that will let you put down a 3.5%, which is not necessarily a bad thing. Um, and there are programs like NACA, N-A-C-A, which is to help people who have moderate incomes and also not the best credit. So you can actually take time to improve your credit by taking classes and things that mean. Since we're on the topic of credit, what do you think? Should people leverage credit? Should people use other people's credit? Can I use my aunt credit? Can I use my uncles? Can I use my friends? Should I even take money from my friends? Like, what is your views when it comes to getting access to money? Because we spoke about that. But I really want to get into debt, like to debt. Should I get credit? From like a bank or should I ask people for money? Like what should I do when I want to get that 3% down to pay on my FHA loan? What is so great about it is that a lot of people don't know. If you did do the FHA route and you had to put the 3.5% down, you could actually get that money from your family. So you may actually not have to put anything down. You can say my family members gave me a 3.5%. So therefore, I basically got the house 100% taken on the debt. And it's just a gift. So a lot of people don't know that. So what you can do is tell your family, look, this is my vision for how I'm going to create wealth for the family. And this is a way that we can come together and focus on family economics. So that's one route. But what you have to do is convince people that you have the knowledge and that you have the grit, that you're willing to stick, stick to this thing. And this is something you're really serious about. And convince them, win them over to say, hey, look, this is what we're going to do for the, for the first family member. We're going to all come together and give me the 3.5%. Then my cousin, John John, we're going to do the same thing with him, 3.5%. We're going to give him and then we're going to give another family member. 
Then what we're going to do is when the value of the property goes up, we're going to borrow against the equity and we're going to buy another multifamily. And so that's how you start building the business. But what you want to do all along is build a track record. So you're going to learn how to manage the property. You're going to learn how to collect the rent or hire someone who is the property manager and learn how to manage the property manager so that you're building up a resume and say, I have all these relationships with banks, contractors, and that's going to help you start to get more access to capital and convince family members and friends to use their credit to help you. You'll say the two of us can co-sign on this property. The two of us can start an LLC to buy this property. The two of us can get in this property and use your long credit history or your your retirement account. You're going to give us the money for the down payment in a year. We're going to reimburse you. But you know, this aspect you speak about family. Do you think it's a good thing to work with family or not? And I want to explain because, you know, working with family, a lot of people say I'm young. And I was to ask my mom or my aunt or somebody, oh, he's young. He don't know what to do with money. Da, 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 da. Do you think it's beneficial for me to go to my family, even though they might see, okay, this young dude is making money. They can become envious of me. Like, what is your perspective when it comes to work on the family? Because you have to think about the aspect of they might become jealous. They might become envious and they might try to sabotage me. So how do you, you know, break down that risk margin when it comes to working with family? And so friends? I look at it the same way. Working, the, deciding to work with family or not is the same thing you have to think about when you work with complete strangers and with friends. You, friends can become jealous. Complete strangers can become jealous. Complete strangers can sabotage your, your idea and your family members and your friends. So they're all the same. What you have to do is get out of this mindset that because you are my family, you're more likely to hurt me. That mentality we have to get, get out of our heads. What you have to do is judge each person for whom they are on their own. So you'll say, I have some family members can't work with them. That person's a crackhead. This family member can't work with them. They're lazy. This family member, they're ambitious. They're driven. They're disciplined. I'm going to pick that family member. The same way you have employees that you've never met. I'm going to pick this person because they look like they share my values and they're hungry and they're teachable. So find the family members that are teachable and humble and hungry. And those are the ones you want to partner and build a business with. So I like what you spoke about, you know, just picking the right people. Me, when I work with certain people, I got specific type of ways. I judge who I can work with, who I can't work with specifically. So what is your way of figuring out who should I work with? How can I navigate through this person's personality? You know, they show me this face right now, but the next three months, there might be something different. So how do you, you know, let's say, see through the future a little bit to know, okay, this is a good person to work with. What I do is I hire people not based on exactly what they have done in the past, I hire people based on how they comport themselves, how they carry themselves, their values. So say for instance, I'm not gonna hire you just because you have a college degree. That is not gonna be the determining factor. I wanna know not so much the paper accomplishments, I wanna know what ha how have you performed during a difficult time? Like when you lost a loved one, when your back was up against the wall. I wanna know how you think about and respond to adversity. That's going to help me determine if you're the person I want. Because if I can't see you going to the next level or thinking outside the box or thinking creatively, then I don't want to work with you. Just because you have good grades, it doesn't mean anything. And I don't want to hire people that are uh, replicas of myself. I want to hire people with diverse ideas, mindset, because that's going to challenge me and they're not going to be yes people. Exactly. And I want to add to that, people. So... 
I remember I got invited to this event that my mentor invited me to, and there was a bunch of people in the real estate, stocks, you could think about it, Toro, all of the different type of things you can talk about when it comes to business. And one of the most important things I noticed when I was around this group of people is that they never talked about business. They never talked about mindset and much. They talked about experiences. They talked yeah. about the things they experienced. They talked about more so getting to that success level. And the amount of things they had to go through and how much time they had to face adversity. So when you say that, I could definitely see that aspect because I don't judge somebody based on what they're doing. I base on somebody judge somebody based on what they've been through and how they got through that specific process. Yes. Like, for example, you being homeless. You could have used that excuse to not prevail, or you could use your you know family problems to not prevail through life. Yes. But instead of not is using an excuse, mm-hmm. use that as motivation and a and a ship to send you up, you know, blow up, go to Mars type vibes. So that's really a great thing. And I want to give anybody who's watching right now, if you, no matter what you're going through right now, this is your success story. Everything that happens to you is going to add to the end. It's going to add to that story that you could be like, you know what, I've been through this, but I'm still here now. Mm-hmm. I'm still pushing forward. Mm-hmm. And I want to connect that to real estate because I know real estate is challenging. So what are the challenges you had to face through real estate that now made you like, you know what, I'm really a real estate guru. <laughs> or maybe I'm, a, mm-hmm. I'm, really de- I'm really built for this game. So what is the one of the greatest challenges you had to experience going through the real estate, properties, deals, people, eviction? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. what did you have to go through? I think the thing that was most challenging about uh, real estate is trying to figure out what is going to be your niche because there's so many distractions. And I tell people, do not become a real estate thought. That real estate hole over there where one day you're doing Airbnb, Tuesday, you're buying land. Thursday, you're flipping properties. Friday, you're buying a hold investor. Sunday, you decide that you're just going to be a wholesaler. So you don't, you're all over the place. You're unfocused. So what's going to happen is you're going to catch something. And you're going to, you probably get your feelings hurt or you probably catch bankruptcy. Something's going to happen because you're, you're all over the place. So I think the big challenge is to block out all the noise, especially when you're young. I started in my 20s. A lot of people are saying, KR, you're not going fast enough. You're going too slow. You got one unit in 2009. You got nine units by 2018. They're like, wow, that's almost like 10 years. You're, you're moving too slow. But then I went from one in 2009 to nine in 2018 to uh, 35 in 2019 and to 105 in 2020, which was 70 units during the pandemic, which is three times in 2020, I had three times the units that I had in 2019, and now I'm at 120 plus. So I think the hardest thing and most challenging is to learn how to believe in yourself and stick to your own plan and run your own race versus letting other people sway you this way or that way. See, what I like about this, right? So I want to ask you two questions, and I'm going to do it separately. The first thing is, when you first got the knowledge, what was the first action that you take or what's the first thing you implemented as soon as you got the knowledge that you know, like, you know what? I could get this play. I could go get this rental property. What was the first action that you could remember that you implemented right away and then it worked? The first action I remember uh, that actually worked when I did my research, because in real estate, you actually need only two out of three things to be successful. One is knowledge. Two is grit, ability to stick to a goal and not give up and stick to it at least for a year. And the third thing is money. If you have the grit and you have the knowledge, you're going to go far. So when I first got into the real estate business, I remember some people saying you need an LLC to buy your first rental property. Mm-hmm. 
And when I talked to bankers and did my research, I realized that you actually can buy the property in your personal name and get better terms across the board from the interest rate to the monthly payments to the insurance. So that right there changed my life. Because at one point prior to the Great Recession, you could only get four houses in your personal name, mortgages. Now you can get up to 10. So right there, that one experience changed everything. I like that. So now we told you talked about how you came from one property to not having a hundred plus. So a lot of people might like that's crazy. And they might be confused on how you could do that in that short space of time, especially in a pandemic. With all of these things going on. While people are rushing to buy tally paper, you was rushing to buy properties. Yes. So what system do you create? Because we know systems are the next thing, right? Mm -hmm. What system did you create to scale up so fast? So what I realized early on was that I had to have a focus on living the present and plan for the future. And so what I did is I said, all right, look, this is where I am. This is my knowledge base. I don't really know that much about apartment buildings, but I'm going to spend my time educating myself on that leader. Right now, I know that I can take this play of buying individual houses in my personal name and get up to 10 of them and get the best terms to get the highest cash flow. So that's what I'm going to focus on for the first several years. And so I just said, I'm going to focus on this one thing and become the very best at it. If, if I was focused on 50 different computer screens as a security guard, thieves are going to get by me. But if I only have to focus on one computer screen, I'm going to catch the thief every time. So I will focus on that one property, do my best, prove to my contractors, my bankers that I'm the best in the game. This is how I know I'm doing really well. I kept my nine to five job and lived off that. And I would save my cash flows from my rental property. And then I was able to um, build up over close to $200,000 in cash flows that I had saved. And then over like one something, 1.2, 1.3 million or plus in equity that I can borrow against that property in year 10 and 11 and be able to buy bigger buildings. So that was my strategy. Figure out how to do money management. Figure out how to take advantage of all the loopholes and all the strategies that are available to people who buy properties in their personal name. And then I was able, I prepare myself to get ready for the big leagues. So I didn't just jump to the major leagues. So to me, it sounds like you was working overtime. Yeah. So the fact that you work, you know, me, I do social media and I'm pretty locked in with it. And it got to a stage where you feel burned out. Yeah. What was your source of energy? What yeah. was that thing that keep you driving? Or what's that thing that you went to when you felt burned out that recharged you and you come back so like an iPhone charger? I, I'm glad you mentioned that. So I always tell people, in order for you to do something that you have never done before, you have to become someone you have never been. And so when I first started out, I was all over the place. I wasn't that focused with my energy. I developed a routine. And I would say, I'm going to spend an hour to two hours every day learning, reading, asking questions about real estate. It became a part of who I am. And then I also said, I'm not going to like, in the beginning, you get so excited. You're spending like 10, 15 hours and you're like burned out. So I said, that's not sustainable. This is a marathon. So I started saying, I'm going to spend a certain amount of hours throughout the week so I can take breaks and energize myself. And so whenever I will hit a hard spot or rock or I can't think, I will call like a loved one. Like I have a great aunt who's like 89 or what have you. I would call her and she said, I'm your lawyer. will always lift my spirits up if I feel as though I'm doubting myself. Or the other thing I would do is make sure I work out. When I was working out, it would help me always re-energize myself. 
or watch a hilarious movie that will help me relax and laugh. So you got to figure out what are the things that are going to make you feel good that other people may say oh, that, that doesn't work for me, but you got to figure out what works for you. So I know that I want to have some loved ones that can help take me to the next level, some friends that can pick me up. I also had some type of books that I would read to help me feel positive. So that's what I would do whenever I'm hitting like a hard spot. So I got a personal question for you. What is more what is more important than getting that next deal? What you think right now in your life right now presently is more important than designing the next deal, getting that next property, getting our next funding? What is more important than anything else right now for you? I think the most important thing for me is my legacy. And what my legacy involves is primarily transformational wealth. And so when I started in this real estate business, I had family members that were in so many different types of uh, things, whether they were selling drugs or all over the place or in prison or murdered or health issues. And I said, I'm gonna change the trajectory of a number of our lives and even for some of my friends. So therefore I started becoming the best in real estate investing so I can create opportunities. So I start an LLC. I give my brother, I give my stepmom equity in my LLC. They don't have to put any money in because I created the table. I get to decide who sits at my table. And so the other thing I started to do is help them help other people. So like my aunt, she helps with the cleaning, whether my other brother helps with landscaping or my brother's father-in-law helps with landscaping or my friends, our business partner, one of my contractors, he contacted me and said, hey, I, I wanted to sell one of my properties. I said, why are you going to sell one of your properties? You're getting older. We should figure out how you can build your real estate portfolio for retirement. Instead, we're starting an LLC so we can use my credit expertise to put him and his family in a better situation. So for me, it's about how can I improve the lives of people who are around me versus getting the next dollar? Because once you start making several figures on a regular basis, it's no longer like, oh, what can I do to make myself more well off? It's how can I improve the lives of other people? It's nice that people can come and visit you and eat in a restaurant in a certain zip code, but it'd be nice if they also can live in the same zip code as you. I like that, that the aspect of that be living in unison and everything. What I want to touch on right now is more so like, what's the first thing I can invest in when it comes to not just real estate, but self? We know you spoke about the aspect of investing, waking up, creating a routine. But what do you feel like? I didn't. The whole routine that you created for yourself. What was the most prime thing that you feel like you had to implement within yourself? Maybe you came from trauma. You're going growing up. Your family was not. How do you dealt with all of that? Like, what's the main thing in that routine that took you to the next level? So what I think is so important is that you develop or create your own board of directors. And so what I mean by that is so a C, a public company will have a CEO and the executives. They report to the board of directors. The board of directors is a diverse group of leaders who gives the CEO feedback. So I start to see myself as KR and KR Enterprises. So I need to go get mentors and sponsors and people who can advise me and fill in roles that are missing. So my biological parents are deceased, but I didn't let that stop me. 
So what I would do is go and find a father figure, a mother figure, an older brother, an older sister figure, because my older brother passed away and an older sister passed away. So I started to fill in these blocks and, and I used that board of directors to help me figure out money management. What should I do for retirement? How should I become a better speaker? How should I become a better businessman? Should I go here for business school? Should I write a book? Should I go into real estate? Should I go to Wall Street? So once you put that board of directors together at a young age, it can be life changing. So how do you get people to invest in you if you have no money right now if you have no money if they yes. have no money right now what can they do right now to make people invest and put money into their pockets and put knowledge in their minds what can they do right now to so the number one thing you can do if you lack money and you lack resources and experience what you can do is what you lack in terms of on the day job training you make up with your enthusiasm and your ability to work long hours and your ability to apply what they teach you. So if I like someone and they know a whole lot of information, like my mentee and my business partner, Jody of KJ Consulting, he reached out to me after we talked and he said, look, I wanna become your mentee. I said, okay. And he said, what do you need? I had him typing notes, various things, making presentations, doing all this work. And he just said, I just wanna ask you questions. I just wanna be around you, I wanna learn. So the way to get someone to invest in you you prove to them that you're enthusiastic, that you listen, that you take action, that you apply what they're teaching you, and that's going to make them want to invest in you because they're going to pour more into you because they see that you understand that what you're giving them at value. So, you know, I have this thing called the Boy and Man Transformation, and we talked about how you get to that next level, how you get to that, that level of becoming a man. So, at what stage did you know you became that man you needed to become? And what happened or what changed in your life that you know i'm the man I, I made this happen i did this what was that thing that made you realize that you was a man i need to do to start um owning assets what is an asset so i started to push myself and then my whole life changed from being like a c student to grad from a c student in middle school having to go to a local high school to graduate in volunteering and then going to college and then going to ivy league school my, some of my friends, what they wrote in my um, graduation book, autograph graduation book in middle school, one person wrote, I can't believe you made it. I was like, you didn't think I was going to make it out of middle school? Damn. So to be able to do that 180 is remarkable. And anybody can change. So I want you to look into the camera, right? And I want you to tell them something. What would you want them to leave with after watching this video? What type of knowledge you wanted them to go implement, to go take action on? What should they go do next? After watching this video, they sit in their couch, they eating popcorn, they watching Netflix, they talking to their girls. And let me ask, before we even get to that aspect, do you feel like men in the young teens and the young 20s, should they involve themselves in a relationship while on this journey to success? And if so, if not, why? So well, I, think, I think that especially when you're young, I, I do not think you should rush into marriage. I actually think you should, you can date and have fun it's kind of like putting on shoes and you can switch it up. So you're like, I had fun with those shoes. I had to get a new pair because you're still trying to find yourself. So don't be in a rush to just settle with someone. Explore, be free, spread your wings, go around the world. You don't have to be locked in on someone in particular at such a young age. So that's my opinion. But some people, they feel as though it's a calling and they need to be married because that person's going to elevate them and take them to the next level. So I respect that as well. Yeah, I feel like that's based on perspective as well. Because I feel like some people are in a position that 
a marriage is what's going to take them to the next level. Like, if we look back in history, most people, they wealth started when they got married with somebody else who had wealth. So they connect them to connections and resources and what's not. So if it's in that aspect where you're marrying for business or just to better the family, what's not, go right, go right ahead. I'm not knocking your boat. You feel me? Do your thing. Um, but the last question is, and I'm going to give you right now straight, what do you want them to leave with? What is the message you want to send out to young people and why should they follow you? Why should they listen to you? Why should they tune into KR and what makes you different? Well, well I think you probably want to uh, tune in because I am a living example of this saying that I believe that if you do what's necessary, then do what's possible, you'll find yourself doing the impossible. And so basically what I do at KJ Consulting is we lay out the simple steps for you to get into the real estate business and then explain the next steps you need to take to go to the next level in a real estate business. So you can start small and you can grow to a much larger entity if that is your dream. And also we just be practical. We're not trying to put you in a position that you could risk it all. Why risk it all when you can have it all? It's a kill cool and Welcome back to the Borderman Transformation. I hope this event and this segment was helpful, is insightful, and somewhat motivates you to go out right now and implement some of these hacks. They it's basically hacks because these are things that most people don't know. And if you take you make use of these information, you put it out there, you're really gonna be a jump ahead of everybody else. You could be 18 right now, you could be making 18 million dollars a year. Who knows? It's all about the drive you have and gaining the right amount of knowledge and not not just gaining the knowledge but more so taking action. One of you guys was on my live and was like a kill. How do you know when the right, how do you know the knowledge you're gaining right now is the right knowledge? And I asked him, did you even try it? He said, no, we haven't tried it. The only way to know the knowledge you're taking right now, you're gaining right now is right or is the right thing to work. You have to implement it. You have to take action. The distance between a dream and, you know, the reality of the case is a dream is something you just, yeah, you sleep. And the reality is something you have to take action on. You actually have to take those steps. So listen to KR. And implement those things he's telling you right now. Go speak to your family members. Tell them about real estate. Go do your due diligence. Go research. Tap into KR and it's a kill cool cope. And welcome back to the Borderman Transformation. And we out. Peace. Have a good night.